Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's message by Pastor Paul Kern. Eric Oliver, our stage host, man, what a great sermon he preached just hosting us this morning. And it really had so much to do with what I am speaking about. And even the last couple of weeks where I've really uh, been focusing my attention in my own personal life and the word that I've been meditating upon in my own personal life. Now, some, some preachers preach to audiences, okay? Some preachers preach to themselves. I'm of the second sort. So my sermons are usually to me. And you just get the benefit from being here with me and hearing what I have been preaching to myself for the last couple of weeks. But in Hebrews chapter 4, we're just going to read a little bit of the word together. It says, therefore, since a promise, say promise, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel is preached to us as well as to them, but the word for which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith on those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, so I swore my rest, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his works. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains that some must enter it. And those to whom it was first preached did not enter it because of disobedience. Again, he designates a certain day, saying, David, today, say today. Today, after such a long time it has been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not Harden your hearts. Now look at verse 1 again. Therefore, since a promise remains, a promise remains, it's important for you to know that God has promises for his people. Can I have an amen? God does. He has, he has promises for us. He has promises for you in the area of your health and promises for you in the area of your relationships and promises for you in, in areas of provision for your life and promises for you in the area of your family with your children and your loved ones, emotional promises, spiritual promises God has for our lives. And it's also important to know that the scripture says that we have to be careful, look what it says, unless any of you come short of the promise. The promise, we, and, and you know, in Christian ministries, we don't want any of our members or any, anybody listening to our podcast coming short of the promises that God has for us. How many of you want all of God's promises? I, I want them all. I want them all. I don't want some. I don't want to get to heaven and God say, you got a few, but you didn't get near all. That would be kind of a disappointment, right? Being on this earth and you have promises available to you, but you didn't really tap into or experience some of this, those wonderful promises that God has. So verse 1 and 2, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel is preached to us as well as to them, 
but the word, now listen to this, but the word for which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Now listen, verse 12 says, God's word is powerful. It's alive. Can I have an amen? It says that it's like a double-edged sword, it dividing between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. The word of God, is, it's powerful. There's so much power. But listen, listen. The word of God won't do you any good if it's not mixed with faith. It has to be mixed with faith. Faith is the activator. You know, it's like J.B. Weld. If you just have one tube and you squirt it out, it's not going to do you any good. You've got to put some faith from the other tube, and when you blend it together, then it works. It activates. And God's Word is the same way. So you didn't know that you could get an analogy out of J.B. Weld and God's Word. See, if you're, if you're a good preacher, you can get an analogy out of anything. You've got to go deep. Deep. <laughs> so the Word has so much power, but it won't do you any good unless it's mixed with faith. So what is faith? What is faith? Well, look at Hebrews 11. Everybody go to chapter 11 of Hebrews because in chapter 11, it shows us what faith is. And it's important that we understand what faith is if we receive the promises of God by faith. So verse uh, 1 says, Now faith is the, say it with me, substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not yet what? Seen. See, see, faith has to do with the unseen, the unrealized, the untouched, the unfelt. If you can see it, if you can touch it, then you don't need faith. Faith isn't for things that we know of for certain in the natural. Faith is for things in life that we are uncertain of that we cannot see. See, that's, that's, that's the gift of faith. And, and there are many things in our lives that we cannot see, that we cannot perceive in our future, things that we're believing God for, things that, that we are hoping for to happen, and we can't see those things. We, we can't say in the natural for certain they will happen, but in the supernatural, by faith, faith is the what? Substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Just like this, I'm certain that that's going to hold me up. You know why? Because I've been underneath the stage. There's a lot of concrete and a lot of metal under there. You could drive a tractor up on this stage and it would just be as solid as it can be. See, I know that. The question is, do you know that about faith? about God's promises. See, the unknown, the unrealized, the unseen manifestations in life are going to come about by faith. That's how they work. Faith is not something that you can just, you know, leave or take. Faith is essential. Faith is absolutely necessary for you to live the Christian life. And, and because there are so many un realized unknown things in our lives. That's why God gave us the gift of 
faith. Faith. And this is why you can't allow an unrealized promise to discourage you. Oh, that was good. I'm going to say it again. See, that is why you can't allow an unrealized promise to discourage you. The very reason that God gave you the gift of faith was because we have unrealized promises, right? We all have them in our lives. But listen, the scripture says that the word did them no good. Why? They heard it, but they didn't believe it. Because if they believed it, they would have mixed it with faith. See, faith is an action word. Faith is, is now. Faith is present. How, how, how do we know that they didn't believe it? Well, because they didn't act upon it. If you believe something, you'll act upon it. If you don't believe it, you're not going to act upon it. I mean, that, that's the evidence of whether or not you believe it, it or not. See, if they had believed it, they would have said, like that song that we sang, and I love that song, yes and amen. Yes and amen, right? We sang that song. We just sang yes and amen. What does that mean? Well, that has to do with God's promises. You say, God, is that for me? He says, yes. You say, amen. For those of you who didn't know that, you just got the revelation. Wow. <laughs> there you go. The truth is we all have or will face circumstances in life where you're, you know, for example, if you're a young person, you're going to face things in your life, your parents can't help you. They will not be able to help you. You're, you're, you're going to have emotional struggles. You're going to face things. Your parents can love you. You might even have good parents that will encourage you. But they'll, they're not going to be able to help you. There, there's going to be times in life, let me tell you something, your pastor can't even help you. He can encourage you. He can speak the word of God to you. He won't be able to, he won't be able to do it for you. There, there are times in life all the doctors in the world can't help you. We all face those things in life where in the natural, we're very limited. But see, our God operates in the realm of the supernatural. Well, how do we tap into the supernatural? Well, you tap into the supernatural by mixing in some what? Faith. 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 We all need faith. We need faith. God can supernaturally meet a need in your life. God can supernaturally make that promise come to pass, but you must operate in faith. And I don't know about you, but we all need miracles and breakthroughs from time to time. We all do. I don't know about you. I need a, I need a miracle today. I need one right now. I need a couple of I need a couple of breakthroughs right now. Is there anybody in the room that's with me on this? That you need some breakthroughs and some miracles in your family, in your life? I need them. I mean, I need them. Now, now look at Hebrews verse six. It says, "Therefore, since it remains that some must enter it, say some. Did it say all? Hmm." I was reading this this week. When it said some, I said, that's me. Some. Put my name right there. Some. Put your name there. 
See, there, therefore it remains that Paul must enter it. That Janet must enter it. That Tim must enter it. That John must enter it. That Karen must enter it. Sydney must enter it. You must enter it, right? And it says, to those whom it was first preached did not enter it because of their disobedience. Again, he designates a certain day saying today. Say today. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. Therefore, there remains, listen, there remains rest for the people of God. When you walk in faith, you can experience God's rest. See, there's a gift that comes with faith, and it's rest. It's rest. With faith comes rest. You can experience peace in your life. See, when you're resting, you're peaceful. You're not worrying, you're not striving, you're not anxious, you're not fretting, you're not fearful. See, you're, you're, in, you're in rest. You're in rest, you're in, you're in peace. When you walk in faith, you can experience God's peace. The Bible says it is a peace that what? It passes all all your understanding can comprehend it. Why, why am I in such peace right now? I've had people ask me, Paul, do you not care? Well, yes, I care, but I'm not going to get all jerked up about it. I'm not going to worry about it. Why? Because I am walking by, help me, faith. Faith, faith, faith. See, when you walk in faith, you, you have connected yourself with your heavenly Father. You, you have chosen to believe the words of your Father, the promises of your heavenly Father. See, only, listen, only the parts of the Bible that you believe are going to do you any good. You come to church Sunday in and Sunday out, and you can sit under the Word, and if you don't believe it, it's not going to do you a bit of good. Now, you might agree with it, Five frogs were sitting on a log. Four agreed to jump off. How many are on the log? Five. Just because they agreed didn't mean they did it. I mean, a lot of people that come up, oh, that's a good sermon, that's a good sermon. Okay, well, well, if you believe it, you will act upon it. See, it's, it has to be activated. It has to, when you live a life of faith, you will experience a life free of worry. Well, Paul, how do I know I'm walking in faith? You're not worrying. I'm just so worried about my child. Mm. I'm just so worried about my future. I've heard, I've heard so many people say, I'm so worried about the future of our country. And I mean, I watch their hands are wringing them. I'm just so worried. And I'm thinking, hmm. I'm just so worried about our finances. I'm, I'm just really, really concerned. Hmm. Some of you parents, you're worried about your bills and you're worried about braces and you're worried about all these things. You need to take a look at your kids. See how much they're worrying about it. They're running around the house having a great time. Life is good for them. Why? 
because they know you're going to take care of it. Well, they've got that revelation. Maybe you need to get that revelation. Maybe you need to get a revelation that your Heavenly Father, not you or your need meter, and that God loves you and God will take care of what you have and what you need. See, that's faith. Now, speaking of, of parents, I want to tell you a little story. So there was a, a father, and he got up one Saturday morning, and he um, needed to go run some errands in town, and so he asked his little boy if he wanted to go with him, and he, this little boy's always looking for an opportunity to go with him. He said, yeah, I want to go. So they got up, and they were running errands in town, and one of the errands that they had to run is they had to go by the motorcycle shop because his dad needed to talk with the service manager. So they get to the motorcycle shop, and the little boy's with his dad. They go up to the back where the service manager's desk is, and he starts talking to the service manager, and, and you know, he's talking and talking, and it kind of goes for a little while, so he tugs on his dad's pants. He says, Dad, can I go look at the motorcycles? And he's like, yeah, yeah, go, go look. So he started walking around the, the motorcycle uh, shop, and, and, man, they were big, big motorcycles, way bigger than him. You know, but, but as he walked around, over in the corner of the motorcycle shop, there was one just his size. I mean, it was awesome. It was a red, red dirt bike. I mean, <laughs> when he saw that thing, he just, I mean, instantly, this smile came on his face. I'm from ear to ear. He goes over, he gets on that thing, man, and he's just, you know, how you make the noises. He's revving it up. And... His imagination just takes off. So he's, he's daydreaming. He's on this motorcycle. He's riding all over the hills, and, and life is good. Well, his, his dad is over here at the desk talking to the guy, and out of the corner of his eye, he glances over, and he sees his son over here on this red motorcycle. It's just his size. So unbeknownst to the little boy, his dad told the service manager, he said, listen, I want to buy this bike for my son. He said, can you have it ready by next Saturday? You guys service it, get it all ready. And the manager said, we'll have it ready for you. Uh, come pick it up next Saturday. So he finished his business and on the way out, and he stopped by his little boy and he said, he said you, you like that, huh? And he said, oh, dad, this, this thing is awesome. And, you know, he's just, you know, it's just awesome. And he said, well, you know, maybe if you work hard and, you know, get a job and save your money, one day you can get a motorcycle like that. <laughs> and he said, all right, now we got to go. And so he gets off and he's like, yeah, I guess. You know, and he's following his dad out of the store and they get in the truck and they're going down the road and his dad glances over and he's just staring out the window. He's grinning from ear to ear. You know what he's thinking about. He's still thinking about that motorcycle. He just had, he hadn't forgot about it. So he's just, and his dad, you know, he's just looking at him. And his dad said, hey, yeah. He kind of snapped out of it. And he said, you liked that motorcycle a lot, didn't you? He said, oh, dad, that was the most awesome motorcycle I've ever seen in my life. And his dad said, well, what would you say if I told you I bought you that motorcycle? Dad, don't you lie to me. That's not even funny. I mean, he <laughs> immediately, you know, Dad, don't, Dad, don't tell me. He said, no, I'm not, I'm telling you the truth. What would you say if I bought you that motorcycle and next Saturday they're going to have it ready for you and we're going to come pick it up? Well, I mean, I mean, just best day of his life, right? Be the absolute best day of his life. 
His dad's promised him this motorcycle. Next Saturday, he's going to get it. It's a week away. So he goes to school, of course, on Monday, and he can't wait. He starts telling all of his buddies, all of his friends about this motorcycle that his daddy got him. And they said, oh, man, that's awesome. After school today, we're going to come over to your house and we're going to look at it. And he was like, well, I don't have it yet. You don't have it yet? No, I'm, I'm going to get it, though. My, my dad's going to get it for me next Saturday. Next Saturday? I thought you said you had a motorcycle. You don't have a motorcycle? He said, no, I do, I do. My dad's going to get it. Your dad's not going to get it. And they started discouraging him, making fun of him, taunting him even. And every day, all week long, he would go to school. And this is exactly what his friends did every single time. You get that motorcycle yet? You riding that invisible motorcycle? How's that invisible motorcycle working out for you? I mean, just really teasing him. But every time that they did that, that little boy, in his mind, he said, Saturday's coming. Saturday's coming. Saturday's coming. It's coming for me. Now listen, that little boy rejoiced in that motorcycle even though he didn't have it yet. All he had, are you with me? Because I'm preaching better than you're listening. All he had was a promise. He had a promise from his daddy that next Saturday he was going to give him what he promised him, but he was going to have to fight the good fight of faith until Saturday came. And that's what we have to do. You got to fight it through until your Saturday arrives. See, faith is taking God at his word and fighting it through until your promise comes. Listen, nothing impresses me more than people who are going through struggle and they keep talking faith out of their mouth. I respect people like that more than anybody else. And I just cry out to God and I say, God, your word says that your kids that cry out to you day and night, night and day, you will not deny them what they're requesting for. See, that's faith. See, listen, faith functions best when you have no evidence that you have anything from God. That little boy had no clue what his daddy was doing in the background. He had no idea what his dad had in store for his future, right? No, he had none. But his daddy knew. See, his daddy knew. Listen, there are going to be so many times in your life that God's working in the background on your behalf. You don't know it. You don't feel it. You don't see it. You don't perceive it. But that's what God's doing. God's working. God never sleeps. God never slumbers. God's always working. He's the same yesterday, today. The same God that was the God of David and Joshua and Jacob and Rebecca and Mary and John and Peter is the same God that's God today. See, God changeth not. That's our God. And when you're in faith, listen, when you're in faith, you enter into a place of rest. See, those taunts, they just bounced off of him. Why? He was in faith. He was in faith. My dad said, my dad said, my dad said he was going to do it. And next Saturday, I'm going to show y'all that my dad 
is good for what he says. Hebrews 4.3, look there with me. For we who have believed do enter that rest. Are you in that rest? Because if you have believed, that's God's promise. He will give you rest. See, when you're in faith, all of your striving, all of your worrying, it won't overwhelm you. Look there at Hebrews verse 6. Since therefore it remains that some must enter, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of their disobedience, Again, he designates a certain day saying, today, after such a long time, it has been said, today, if you will hear my voice, do not harden your heart. See, today is your opportunity to embrace faith and enter rest, to experience God's peace. Now, go down to verse 11. Now, I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version because I just like that version a little better, so... Those of you who have a Bible app, you can change to that. Those of you that don't, then you're just going to have to listen. Unless you have one of those Bibles that's got like three different versions in it, but they usually weigh about 100 pounds. They're hard to get to church. <laughs> those are your study Bibles. You leave them at home on the desk. All right, so Hebrews verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 11. Let us. Everybody say us. Say me. Put, put your name there. Let Paul. Let me. Therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. As a matter of fact, one verse says, strive to enter that rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. For the Word of God is living and active and full of power. Can I have an amen? Making it operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person. And both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of our heart. See, the Word will expose and judge our every thought. It'll expose whether you are walking in doubt or you're walking in faith, unbelief or trust. It'll reveal our misguided intentions of our hearts. It will lead us to a place of rest so that we can walk in faith and experience God's peace in our life. And like I said today, you, you, listen, you may be right in the middle of, the, of a very hard set of circumstances. There may be people watching on the live stream or listening by podcast right now, a year later, driving down the road. You may be right in the middle of one of the hardest moments, seasons of your life that you have ever been in. I mean, right now, right at this moment, you're engaged in a battle. I mean, you are fighting with everything that you have. But you know, so much of the battles that we face is not so much the battle itself. It is a battle for faith. It's a battle for trust. Are you going to believe that God is two things? One, willing to help you, and two, able to help you. Because, I mean, you know, why would God help you? Why would God want to help you? That's what the devil tells me. Why would God want to help you? Now, I, I can see why God would want to help other certain people. 
But look at all that you've done, Paul. Look at all the mistakes that you have made. I mean, just three days ago, what you did, what you said, how you acted, not to mention all of the, the, the horrible things that you did before you were saved. I mean, why would God want to help you? See, that's what the enemy tells you. See, that's those, that's those schoolyard bullies. That's those taunting demonic voices that try to speak in our ears. Oh no, this disease is too big for God to beat. This problem is too great for God to overcome. This mountain is too high. This river is too deep. Wait a minute, I, I, I've seen God part mountains and oceans and rivers and do all kinds of miraculous things. Am I, am I talking to anybody of faith today? See, it's, it's, it's not that God doesn't want to help you, it's that we don't believe he wants to help us. See, look, see, look go, to, go down to verse 14 of chapter 4. Now, now look here. Here's what the scripture tells us. Listen, you need to re read this for yourself. So then, since we, now you just say I. Put your name there. Since I have a great high priest who has entered into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours, he understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Let us come boldly, boldly, say it boldly, into the throne room of grace. There we will receive his mercy, and he will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Now listen, you have to believe what that says, and you have to believe that that's for you. That's for you even with your past, even with the mistakes that you've made, even last week, what you did, you have to believe that that promise is for you. And the only way that you can receive that promise is by, help me, faith. Faith. That little boy didn't have that motorcycle. It was at the motorcycle shop. All he had was his daddy's promise. See, his daddy... He saw his little boy over there on that motorcycle, and his desire, even though that little boy had lied to him before, even though that little boy didn't pick up all of his toys when he asked him to, even though that little boy didn't make his bed, even though that little boy faked brushing his teeth, he put toothpaste on his toothbrush, and he made noises, and then he rinsed it out, and the toothbrush was wet, but he didn't brush his teeth. And his daddy asked him, did you brush his teeth? And he said, yeah, I brushed my teeth. And he lied, right? To his daddy he didn't brush his teeth. His daddy knew it. Did you put it on deodorant? Yeah. <laughs> See, he, even with all of that, his daddy's desire was to bless him. Yeah. Why? Because he loves him. Yeah. So you got to get a hold of this, church, in your own life. You got to get a hold of this. That little boy, if he got in that truck and his dad said, you, you excited about that motorcycle? You excited about getting it? Dad, you're not going to get me that. I don't believe it. I don't believe you're going to get me that. Dad, you don't, you don't have enough money to pay for that. Can you imagine how that would have hurt his father's feelings? For his daddy to say, I, I have made you this promise. I'm going to do this for you, 
And for him to say, I, I don't believe you're going to do it. I don't believe you're capable of doing it. I don't believe you want to do it. Could you imagine how that would made his father feel had he done that, had his little boy said that? See, without faith, listen, without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, is this making sense to you? See, you, you've got to connect with what the Scripture's saying. You've got to bring it out of the realm of the theoretical, and you've got to get it down here in everyday life where you live. See, without that kind of trust, you can't please the Lord. And without that kind of trust, you can't walk in the promise of peace. You won't walk in the experience of rest. See, that little boy didn't possess what was promised to him yet. Everybody say, yet. I don't have that promise yet. When people say, Paul, does that happen? Not yet. Have you got that healing? Not yet. The Saturday's coming. Have you got that raise? Not yet. The Saturday's coming. Have you got that breakthrough? Have you seen that family member saved? Have you overcome that depression? Are you walking free of that fear? Not yet, but Saturday's coming. I'm reading the Word. I'm focusing on what God says. Are y'all hearing me? See, he believed his father's promise. He believed it. Now, we all struggle with believing the promise. And I'm not trying to make anybody in here feel bad. Because if we were all honest, and I went around the room and I said, how many of y'all have ever doubted God's word and his promise? Every hand would go up. How many of you have ever struggled in life, every hand would go up. As a matter of fact, the Bible makes it very clear that God never promised us that we would have a life without problems, without struggles, and without difficulties. Never. Not one place in it has the Bible ever said that. As a matter of fact, Jesus, he said in John 10, 10, just letting you know, just FYI, there's a thief. And he is out to kill, steal, and destroy every promise that God has for you in your life. But I also want you to know that I have come that you might have life, the promise, and life more abundant. See, see we, we all struggle. We all feel the struggle. Look at verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Have you ever felt weak? I'm talking, you just feel weak. You ever felt depressed, lonely, hopeless? You ever felt like it wasn't ever going to happen? Overwhelmed? You ever felt fear, discouragement? All of us have. I mean, that's a part of the human experience. Welcome to the human race. But once again, like I said, God didn't promise you a life free of those things. That's why he gave you faith so that those things wouldn't dominate your life and overwhelm your life. We've all said, let's all be honest, that's not fair. Every one of us. 
that's not, whether it be for our own personal lives or something that happened to somebody else, that's just not fair. That is so not fair. And I used to have such a case with God so many years ago for all of the unfair things. Angry, oh man, I was so mad. Acting out, rebellious, hurt, deeply hurt. Drinking, drugs, do everything I can to, to remove that pain from my life because of the unfairness. I had a case against God. I was so angry at God. God never promised me that life was gonna be fair. But in my mind, for some reason, I thought that life owed me something. That life was supposed to be fair. But listen, you, you look at Jesus, he, he was a perfect man. The cross for me, after I got born again, and I began following the Lord, and I started reading the Word and finding out what the Bible says, and my mind started getting renewed, I looked at Jesus Christ, who was a perfect man, Son of God, never did anything wrong to anybody for any reason, and life was about as unfair to him as it could be to anybody. He died on a cross as a criminal. And it just clicked in my mind. Well, if life wasn't fair to Jesus, it certainly won't be fair to me. See, the cross, the cross of Christ, it reveals so much to us about our Savior who suffered, who died, who took all the unfairness, all the penalty, all the sin that we owed, and then he paid it off, and then he resurrected. And then he gave us the gift, the wonderful gift of faith. When you cry out to God, I want you to know, God is moved with compassion. He is moved with compassion. From the, I'm talking, it says of Jesus that he was he felt it in his bowels. That's how moved he was as a, as a human being. Jesus was a human being. He is in heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father right now as a human being. He knows. He feels. He understands. And so verse 14 says, seeing that when we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, look at this, let us hold fast to our confession. Our confession. What is your confession? What is your declaration? Are you holding fast to your confession? See, when you're in the middle of it, and you don't have anything else, what you got to hold on to, I'm talking between, you know, Monday and Saturday, you got to hold on to your confession. You got to make your declaration. My daddy said it, my daddy will do it. He promised me it'll happen. So you got to hang on to your confession. Let us hold fast to our confession. And then when you do that, guess what? Rest, peace. It comes. That little boy wasn't sweating it. He wasn't worried about it. His dad said it. His dad was good for it. 
Are you resting in the promises of God today as a believer? As you sit here in this building, as you listen by live stream or in our podcast, right now, right now, are you resting or are you striving? Are you struggling? See, there is a rest, and you have a right to that rest. You have been promised that rest by God. When our kids are not right, can we rest? When we don't have the answer, can you rest? When your health is not where it needs to be, can you rest? Can you rest? See, faith gives you the gift of rest. This is where God wants us to live. Are you resting in the promise of your father? Are you trusting in his ability to fulfill his words? Are you believing like that little boy? Saturday is coming. See, it's coming. It's coming. Now I want to end my story. Because I can't just leave you hanging. Well, you know, as sure as the sun comes up, Saturday rolled around. And uh, it was probably about 4.30 in the morning. That little boy was laying in his bed. It was pitch black. His eyes were wide open, and he was wide awake. He was so ready for the sun to come up, he couldn't hardly stand it. Red motorcycle. I'm about to get it today. Saturday finally arrived. Well, the sun came up, and he went into his dad's room at about 5.30 in the morning and woke him up. He said, son, the motorcycle shop doesn't open until 9 o'clock. And he was like, ah. But then finally, 9 o'clock rolled around. Dad, Dad, are we going? Are we going? Are, you going? are we going? Yeah, we're going. We're going. Get in the truck. He gets in the truck. They go down to the motorcycle shop. And right as they're pulling up in the parking lot, there it is. He sees it. It's parked right out front. I'm talking spotless, clean, shiny, this brand-new red motorcycle. Ooh, he gets out. He's so excited. He goes and sits on it. <laughs> That guy says, well, you want to start it? He had never started it. He just made the noises. <laughs> he said, yeah, I want to start it. He said, all right, up on that handlebar, put that on run. So he clicked that, put it on run. He said, now turn that key down there, just one click. He clicked it, and he said, all right, pull that crank out, and he pulled it. And he said, now what you got to do is, is you got to get your leg up on it, and then you got to kick it. Man, he got his leg up, and he kicked it one time. That thing fired up. Boom! He's like, boy, he was like, that sounds better than my noises for sure. And he's smiling. He's rum, 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 and he's revving that thing up. And his dad's like, okay, now we got to get this thing on the truck. Got to get it loaded. And then we're going to learn to ride. So they loaded it up and took it home. And he got to ride that motorcycle. He started learning how to ride it. Man, I'm talking, grinning from ear to ear. He had the best Saturday and the best Sunday of his entire life. He rode a motorcycle all day long. Well, couldn't wait to get to school Monday. Tell his friends. He gets to school. His friends are like, well, where's that motorcycle? And he says, at my house. Nuh-uh. Yeah, it is. It's at my house. You're lying. I'm not lying. It's at my house. You got it? Sure did. Are you serious? Absolutely. My dad got it. I told you I was going to get it. Well, we're coming over after school. All right, y'all come over. School ends. They all follow him home. There it is, red motorcycle. They're like, I can't believe you got this motorcycle. He said, I told you. 
I told you my dad said he was going to get it. I told you he's rubbing it in. I told you. I told you he was going to get it. He said, y'all want to hear it run? They were like, yeah. He gets on it. He turned up. He starts revving up. And they're just like freaking out. They can't believe it. Man, that is the coolest motorcycle I have ever seen. He said, I know. It's awesome. And then you know what's coming. You know, you know what they're going to ask. He knew what they were going to ask. What, what, what's the question? Can I ride it? Hmm. He just started thinking. All the stuff that was said. They said, can I ride it? He didn't say a word. He reached down and he got his helmet. He put his helmet on. He buckled it. He got on his motorcycle. He started revving it up. And they were just watching. Popped that kickstand up, put it in first gear. He spun out. He threw dirt out and gravel all over them and took out down the road, grinning from ear to ear. They never saw him again. There's their answer. There's their answer. See, Saturday, it arrived. Now, it took a while, and he had to endure some things, and he had to believe, and he had to trust, and he had to wait. That's all part of it. But see, that's why God gives us the gift of faith, and that's why God gives us his word. Now, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're believing God for, but here's what I'm telling you. Your daddy's made you a promise. Now, that little boy, his earthly dad was imperfect. He had things about his life that weren't right, they weren't good. But even in all of his imperfections, his dad told him he was going to do it, and his dad followed through, and he did it. That's an earthly father. See, we have a heavenly father. And I love what the Bible says of our heavenly father. Who is God that he should lie? Or the son of man that he should repent? Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Has he not spoken it? Will it not come to pass? Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will endure forever and ever and ever. Forever and ever and ever. Now stand with me. Stand with me this morning, and we're going to end right here. Now, I don't know what it is that you're believing God for, but I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you because we all have things and promises that we're, we want to see fulfilled. So just, just by a sign, just, just raise one of your hands. Just say, God, this, this, this symbolizes my faith. Maybe some of you need to resurrect your faith today. Maybe you've been walking a lot of doubt. Maybe you've been beat up. Maybe you've given up on that dream. But today I want to encourage you to revive it. Revive it. Believe. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. These three remain. Faith, hope, and love. Everything else in life will vanish, but faith, hope, and love will remain. And Jesus said, when I return to the earth, will I find faith? Well, God, right here with Christian ministries people, you're going to find faith. We're going to have it. 
Now, Father, I just ask right now in the name of Jesus, you release the gift of faith to your people supernaturally. All those listening by podcast or live stream, just release it supernaturally, God, that we will believe you for the promises that you have in our life. Whatever it may be, how overwhelming it may seem, God, you are greater. You are more than capable, God. You are the God who threw stars from your hands, poured oceans from your palms. God, you are capable. And God, help us to believe and trust in you. By faith, by faith, we stand today. In Jesus' mighty name, Jesus' mighty name, we pray, amen. Now, I want to add one caveat to that story, and then you're dismissed. So that little boy that got that motorcycle, well, that was me. I got it. I waited. It was mine, and I still have a picture of it on my phone today. It's, it's, you know, I don't have it anymore. I have an old picture of it. But that promise was fulfilled in my life, and I have a lasting picture of proof. Now, the wonderful thing is, is as we stand and we believe and we trust God, and God answers we have lasting evidence for the rest of our life that we can point. God did it here, God will do it here. God did it there, God will do it here. God did it in this situation, God can do it in that situation because God's hand is not short in your life. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.